0: A very warm welcome to the Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by chain leaders. Our today's guest is Soumya Deep Bakshi. He is an accomplished and goal-driven executive with 12 years of experience in operations and quality management of life of platforms across more than five hybrid environments, offers expertise in cloud operations with AWS and GCP, DevOps and Agile programs, supporting production environment and change management, worked on multiple cloud migration projects, driving 30% cost-benefit across projects. So, welcome to our show, Sawam
1: Hey, hi. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Uh, uh, Thanks for giving me this opportunity to speak. Uh,
0: Please tell us something more about yourself, your family, and your academy journey. uh,
1: Yeah. So, uh, I have uh, grown and brought up up in uh, Kolkata. Uh, uh, I have done my uh, entire schooling uh, from uh, Kolkata, uh, West Bengal. Uh, my father was a businessman and uh, my mother uh, uh, used to do service uh, uh, until she retired. so i i have a uh, sibling as well i have an elder sister so it was kind of always myself and my sister uh, uh, together uh, with uh, parents either working and uh, uh, so that's how it has been uh, uh, As I said, I did my schooling from uh, uh, Kolkata, so uh, I I did my uh, class 10 from St. Thomas and uh, then I uh, passed my uh, ISE in science from St. Paul's uh, Mission School. So this was in uh, 2005. Uh, From here, I went ahead and uh, did my uh, uh, V.Tech, so uh, uh, it, it was in Mondavu Institute of Technology on Electronics and Communication Engineering. Uh, I completed uh, a postgraduate as well, but that was uh, a distance course while uh, I I was uh, working. So, uh, like post-completion of BTEC, I went, I started working, uh, so, and I did my, I, I, in fact, I'm just doing my master's at this stage uh, as a distance course.
0: Okay, okay, that's nice. Uh, Tell me, how did you land in your first job? So, uh,
1: Basically, it was from uh, campus selection and in fact, should I say, uh, uh, it's the only job because I I never switched. uh, So, across the 12 years, I've been associated with a single organization. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, like, uh, I I got the job uh, uh, when I was in third year of my engineering. So, Mm -hmm. uh, PCS came uh, for uh, campus recruitment. And since then,
0: you are still, still working in that organization?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, 12 years of service in a single organization hasn't changed and I'm kind of uh, very much attached to the organization uh, by this point of time.
0: Okay. Um, What was your mindset five years ago about how you're going to take your career
1: ahead? I started as a a support engineer. Uh, I worked throughout on Linux and Database uh, uh, while I was supporting data warehousing applications. So, while this journey continued, uh, I quickly moved to a leadership and management role. uh, uh, But doing hands-on and ground was always the choice of my work style. So, but with cloud uh, growing more and more uh, within the digital industry, I, I I find I found that it was very important to upskill myself on this technologies. Uh, otherwise, like uh, I, I was like kind of uh, going into a shell where uh, probably even discussing into bigger forums was becoming uh, quite difficult. And uh, that is when I started. Uh, up- myself into uh, cloud and uh, other relevant technologies. Uh, Well, designing and architecting was always my goal. Uh, So uh, I I eventually and slowly moved on towards this uh, career where where I'm currently doing architecture.
0: Okay. So uh, were you always wanting to get into data engineers or you have developed an interest while exploring your skills? Uh,
1: I would say it's a letter. Uh, As I said, I have always worked on a data warehousing application. Uh, I, I have come... Uh, I have always seen terabytes and petabytes of data, and with my experience, I've seen this industry also grow around the data, uh, like, uh, for example, what you can do when you have terabytes and petabytes of data uh, with you, uh, it's an endless ocean. And uh, when I was seeing this across, uh, around myself over the years, uh, this is when the interest started growing on me that, uh, yeah, data is the world to live in, so data engineer is what I would want to move towards. And obviously, with time uh, things, uh, I became more and more senior. There were more responsibilities coming in from the organization. And yeah, then then architecting seems to be the best role that fit towards my goals.
0: Tell us something about roles which you played, like support and SRE, and what have you learned there? Uh,
1: So as i said uh my career started uh, as a support engineer uh, mm-hmm. so i was supporting uh data warehousing applications uh it was uh quite a big team around at that stage around uh, 50 members team and i was playing as a team member my my core job was to uh, uh, work on shifts, do retail monitoring I used to come at night shifts and uh, till the morning. I used to look at different processes, jobs, etc. If things are running smooth or not. Uh, from there on, I moved uh, forward and became uh, became an onshore coordinator, and that took me around three time, uh three years. Uh, uh, so I got placed in uh, United Kingdom. I was in Cardiff for around five years, and uh, that's when I started leading this team. So. Uh, so from just working as a team member i became the lead of the team and in the journey i also uh, became uh, picked up other responsibilities like uh, doing quality management etc uh around 2015 or 16 uh, well when our clients started moving into cloud uh, so this is when the entire ways of working started changing because uh, cloud is different everybody wants to have different ways of working in cloud as well it's not about uh, having a different technology it's about right. how you work differently in cloud mm-hmm. and that's when uh, the concept of uh, devops was also booming like uh, uh, DevOps tools were in the market. Everybody wanted to do DevOps. Uh, so, but because I was from operations, uh, it, it uh, like uh, uh, an interesting concept came into uh, the picture at that stage, which was site reliability engineering. Mm-hmm. It was still very nascent at that stage, and it was Google who was actually driving site reliability engineering because Google was driving their own ways of working into the industry, and site reliability and the work, uh, engineering was kind of the answer uh, to reduce all the organization uh, silos. And that is when also we picked up doing uh, site reliability engineering. So uh, from there on, I changed my roles into a site reliability engineer. I started uh, leading SREs across multiple squads and uh, consulting uh, uh, the uh, clients and consulting the business about site reliability engineering was also a key key area of uh, my expertise because what what we found out is like uh, – it's easy to take up technologies, it's very easy to change the way you work, yeah, and uh, that was becoming a kind of a blocker, because people didn't really know a lot about how DevOps mm-hmm. actually works in the ground, how SRE actually works in the ground, so, yeah, that's when I started doing some consultations around it, and eventually, as I said, I my, my interest grew over the years, I always wanted to move towards some kind of architecting, I was also acting as a data engineer in all this uh, period of time, so I started upskilling myself, I went into discussions uh, uh, with architects, uh, with designers i i, I started okay. giving my own inputs yeah. and uh yeah from there on slowly i moved towards becoming a cloud architect
0: okay so uh please share what are you working on right now
1: so currently i am a uh, i'm acting as a uh, like cloud architect but it's more onto the operations uh aspect i didn't want it to lose uh, because experience is something that you, you will gain over the years and it's, it's always very handy and mm-hmm. like I have around uh, 9 to 10 years of working here, uh, like in the in the support area so I didn't mm-hmm. want to lose that uh, knowledge that I gained from the experience and thus my architecting capabilities are more towards uh, operational suits so I work towards uh, designing solutions for automations okay. designing solutions for end-to-end monitoring etc and uh, like yeah so uh, I have worked in multiple vendors uh, cloud vendors AWS and GCP mm-hmm. but currently predominantly i'm working on
0: okay why are organizations keeping cloud at the heart of their digitalizations roadmap
1: according to you okay Uh, so over the years organizations like has understood that uh, like to continue uh, competing at the market cloud is kind of uh, very important they need to have dynamic capabilities yeah yeah they need to have dynamic capabilities you know uh, scale at will on demand uh, and that too at the lowest possible co- uh, cost. These are the needs of the R. If you don't have these capabilities, you will be left behind in the market. Like if you cannot like uh, like if you're developing applications and suddenly there is a, for example, if you have developed an e-commerce application mm-hmm. and suddenly they, you have you have given out a sale and uh, from 100 customers overnight you have gone to 1 million customers and you are, you are not able to scale. So you are left out. You are, you are no, there, no longer there in the market. And to get, to move in, to, to ensure that get into these capabilities uh, without uh, having the constraints of mm-hmm. the on premises, uh, it, 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 it's important to move into cloud. But yeah, there are uh, there are like uh, multiple challenges. Uh, like compliance is one of the very big challenges that the organization faces because they like mainly the BSFI sectors uh, but uh, but things are moving uh, in the correct direction I would say and like that's where the concept of hybrid cloud is becoming so popular nowadays so where you have constraints you stay at on-premises or your private cloud areas, and uh, things or workloads where you don't have constraints only just move them to yes. cloud and become more flexible uh,
0: what are the major clouds popular in the industry today
1: uh, the three big guns are uh, Amazon, Azure and G Uh, Amazon always has the edge because it started, I think it started in 2006, so that was two or three years earlier than Microsoft and Google. Mm -hmm. And that is still giving them a good amount of age standing today because uh, they still have got a very huge share of the market. Uh, uh and uh, uh, like even if you look at the different services they provide that, that's much mm-hmm. more than the other uh, cloud vendors but yeah uh with with time uh, uh, google and microsoft have caught up a lot and they're not really way, they, they're not really behind and in fact, in some areas, you would see organizations opting these, uh, like uh, opting for Microsoft and Google more than uh, Amazon for various reasons. So, yeah, these are the three top ones. And then there are others as well. But these are the three top ones. Uh,
0: why do cloud professionals now need to be aware of multiple clouds?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, they, they definitely need to be aware of and. Uh, it's not hard to be uh, aware of in fact because mm-hmm. first thing is because there are like you will not have uh, yeah you might say that AWS or Amazon has a good market share so you would get many organizations working on AWS but as I said the market is changing and and uh, Google and uh, Microsoft are the booming uh, ones that are standing today so what's uh, it it might happen that the entire market share is completely segregated across all these three and and if you if you know at least a couple of these vendors it gives you a it gives you a lot of uh uh, strength in your in your CV, I would say. So mm-hmm. I won't say it's about uh, knowing different vendors. It's important that you know cloud computing first, because if you know cloud computing, if you know the basic, mm-hmm. it's just about like you like ice cream and then you choose the flavor. So yeah. you can choose yeah. any flavor if you know the ice cream, yeah. if you like ice cream. right? So, uh, so uh, firstly, we need to understand what private cloud is. Yeah? Uh, private cloud refers to any cloud solution uh, dedicated for use mm-hmm. by a single organization. So uh, in private cloud, you are just not sharing, you're not sharing any cloud computing with any organizations public cloud we always know that the one available in on internet where you actually share the hardware and everything with other organizations as well so you don't know what's going underneath so probably in the same data center in the same rack you are uh, having one server and when uh, the uh, just beside you probably another organization is having a server that's how public cloud works hybrid cloud is something that's in between that's a combination of both this because as i said uh, standing today uh, and in future also many uh, many sectors will have compliance uh, uh, requirements and they, they will not have like they won't be able to move their data across to shared infrastructure so that's why hybrid cloud is important because that gives them the flexibility they can they can uh, like store what is uh, like secured what is uh, regulatory requirements stuff they can Keep all those things in their own data centers and uh, or in their own managed on-premises environments. And uh, whatever they can move to cloud, any any workloads mm. which is not that secure, they can move it to uh, the public cloud and then have a connection between both these two. Uh, infrastructure or area so that's what hybrid cloud is and that's how it helps the organizations to become more flexible and easier to move to cloud
0: okay Uh, google cloud why can it be the winner based on several of its recent announcements and strategies Uh, all right what are the important components one must be aware of in in gcb so
1: uh, honestly this depends on the business case you know uh, Mm. what you are working on so uh, i have seen that probably learning or knowing one or two components is good enough in a particular business case and then there are business cases where you need to know a lot more. But if you are looking for the basics, I think network, compute, processing, and storage; these are the key ones you should be knowing. At least uh, how the services work uh, uh, and what are different types of offerings that uh, Google is providing, or say any uh, cloud vendor is pro- pro- uh, providing. And uh, probably the use cases that at what point of time you will use what type of uh, service. Like uh, what will you use if it's uh, if it's a NoSQL requirement? What will you use if it's, it's a OLTP requirement? You need to understand uh, these, uh, these 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 basic differences mm. around the services.
0: Okay. Uh, do you need programming experience to be a GCP professional?
1: The answer is no, but it's a good to have thing. So uh, GCP is kind of knowing cloud computing and knowing the services that Google provides. You really don't need to do any program. Mm. Uh, like you, you, you can even be a 10 years uh, cloud experience person without writing a single piece of code. Uh, mm. But yeah. Some programming knowledge or a good programming background is always a uh, key skill, or it's always a plus to have. Two mm. reasons: one is that uh, nowadays no organization does things manually. Everybody wants to have an infrastructure as a code running in They use, Terraform or any but other. is it mandatory
0: uh... to have? No,
1: again, it's a good to good to have. Good. So if you, okay. if, yeah, if you if you know if you know programming, then adopting. Adopting IAS becomes very easy for you mm. because you know you know to write logics. You know to uh, and and again like for example, if you are working in environments where you are doing POCs across some services like data flow, etc., mm. knowing a bit of Java and Python will be very helpful. But again, it's not mandatory. Mm. As I said, you can you can work on any cloud vendor for years without knowing programming. But
0: it will definitely be a plus. Point to that it will be a
1: plus study. point it will be a plus point yeah. okay
0: all right all right what role do certifications play when looking for a job as a GCP engineer or architect
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and then that becomes a negative impression as well yeah. so I would suggest specifically for uh, uh, like uh, uh, people who are new in the industry and who wants to learn more I would suggest at least have six months hands-on in something mm. before you even think of doing a certification because don't just think of putting a badge on yourself yeah. put a badge on right. yourself when you know the product. Mm-hmm. otherwise it becomes a it becomes a problem later down the line yes
0: so uh, tell me the important aspects interviewers look for when hiring a cloud professional
1: so as i said i do quite a lot of interviews myself mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. what i look for is confidence and, and knowledge so one ma- need to understand uh, being an interviewee is that you, nobody in this world will know everything, right? Yes, yeah. So if you try to study hundreds of different technologies and thinking that I have I know a lot now and I am good right. for the interview, you will be in a bad state because uh, you will never know 100% of everything. So there will be areas where you don't know. And when you will be asked, you will probably not be able to show that confidence. So choose technologies that you have worked on and uh, try to upskill yourself in areas that you're currently working and that becomes a boost for you. So the interviewer will look for what the amount of confidence you have, like even if you are answering something, mm-hmm. if you are answering confidently, that gives a good uh, a positive side uh, for the interviewer. And at the same point of time, the knowledge, uh, what what you know, how much you know, how deep you mm-hmm. know, uh, like and even think, a situation. Okay, I
0: think you are knowledgeable, and I think you have a good hands-on experience. Then definitely be able to speak because you have that content to
1: speak on. Absolutely, right? absolutely. That yeah. is why. That is why. Always prepare your CVs based on your experience okay, and yeah. not uh, not what you want to show. Because knowledge is
0: gives you confidence ultimately.
1: Yes. Yes. It would be different for freshers. For freshers, I would suggest like uh, it's uh, uh, choose uh, like a few technologies which you uh, pro- do a bit of R&D, try and understand what's best in the market mm. right now. Choose only probably a couple at max three. Don't go for hundreds mm. or tens even. And then uh, upskill yourself at a good level on those few technologies. Show that in your CV and then be confident while you're answering. That's what the interviewer will look for. Because the way I interviewer take a interview for a fresher and the way I interviewer take an interview for an experience associate is kind of completely different and they look for different things in you know, a pressure and a and an experience associate
0: all right uh, final comments on other cloud platforms which are popular apart from gcp
1: uh so yeah uh, aws azure i have already said okay. uh, uh, those are the top three along with GCP. Mm-hmm. Aside to that, uh, one might all, uh, one must uh, look at uh, Alibaba, IBM mm-hmm. Cloud, and Oracle Cloud. These are the next three contenders in the market, and uh, IBM Cloud and Oracle Cloud are going very well nowadays. Uh, organizations are going to these vendors as well. So yeah, it would be good to have knowledge of these cloud vendors. But again, uh, if you are learning any cloud vendor, like ensure that uh, uh, you don't learn hundreds of them, try to be a bit selective and uh, make your approach king because there will be interviews where you will be asked questions around, why have you selected this vendor? So you need to know that answer as well, really
0: okay so before we end this session i would like to know what is your own learning in gcp cloud services and what advice would you like to give to young professionals
1: so uh, as i said i have i myself has learned two different uh, uh... Cloud vendors, I have initially learned Amazon and then I learned uh, GCP. I, I, fa- I have always found GCP very interesting and intriguing, and with everyday new services coming into the market, it's, it's pretty In- uh, right? yeah, okay. yes, yeah, and GCP, okay. yeah. And because every every, every every quarter they'll learn something new, they mm-hmm. enhance their current services. Always keep an eye on the uh, uh, blogs that Google shares around what's coming in new it would be good if you also register for their uh, events that happens quarterly so they do a quarterly event where they kind of uh, share all their new services they they come and tell what they're in the industry right now so if you it's it's a it's a one-day event once a quarter so okay. if you are interested in gcp uh, i would uh, ask the young professionals to start joining these events register for them it's free of cost and it's online you can join them just keep an entire day to google cloud and you will really learn a lot of things that's happening in the industry and then it might happen that you would start uh, thinking about learning a specific service. So yeah, try to attend these events. Try to go through the blogs. That will that will be my advice. Uh, like whatever vendor you choose, try to uh,
0: explore that. Be up to, right? yeah,
1: be up to speed with what's happening in the market with that particular vendor.
0: Okay. All right. Um, it's time to wind up the session. Thank you so much, Swamidhi, for being a wonderful guest and sharing your insights to our audience. Thank you, listeners, for spending your time here. Hope you all like it. Please like, share and comment. And don't forget to subscribe to our Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by Change Leaders.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for giving me the opportunity.